Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Greg Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. with me james tiller and alongside me today from the everything f1 team we've got rowan hi rowan how are you i'm good thank you how are you yeah really good i've I've just come off a really good conversation with james allen for a podcast that will be released very shortly and uh, i'm quite excited for our fans to hear it actually and 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 you guys too because you haven't had a chance yet too so i'd I'd like to to i'd like you all to enjoy it as much as i did really so yeah that'll be coming out shortly what have you been up to anything exciting no, not much to be honest. It's been a quiet week. <laughs> You've been doing lots of work though. Lots of lots of article yeah. writing over the weekend. So yeah, that's that's kept you busy for certain. We've also got Sophia along, uh, alongside us for the ride today. How are you, Sophia? You haven't been on our podcast for a little while, you know. Now, so it's good to have you back. Yeah, it's been a while. I think this is my first episode of the season. Obviously, mm. I've been writing articles. Just now, I've had a chance to be on podcast. Been busy with work. It's just been absolutely flat out. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It's just good to have different voices and people that have been obviously on the podcast quite a lot last year. It's good to have you back for the first time this year. So Great thank you very back. much for joining us. Good, good. So we are the Everything F1 team. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube and TikTok. You can find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com. And of course, you're listening to us on this podcast right now. If you'd hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service, you'll get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Now, we are currently sponsored by a fantastic group of people called theraceworks.com, and they provide merch from across the whole grid. So if you're going to get merch this year, we would really appreciate you heading over to their website, theraceworks.com, and using the discount code. So we're going to save you a bit of extra money here. 10% 10% off using the discount code EF1, and that's site-wide. So you can get your discount, you can get all the merch that you were going to get anyway, and as I say, they're, they're top guys that, that work at the Raceworks. They will get it sent out to you if you make an order before 2pm on that exact same day, and of course they will let it delivered across Europe into the States, Australia, and New Zealand, and you can get that within a week for those destinations. So it's well worth well worth heading over to the site. You'll be treated very, very nicely. They've got great reviews on Trustpilot, so they are 100% to be trusted, and I've, uh, they've got a great service that they provide for you. Okay, today what we're doing is we're going to talk about the news that's dropped since the race. There hasn't been a load, so it might be quite a short podcast, but we like to make sure that we do provide our midweek podcast because that's exactly how we started. So let's talk about, at uh, first, from the race, when our guys reviewed the race in Jeddah, the penalties were still applied to Fernando Alonso. And literally just as they came off and finished recording the podcast, it was released that actually Alonso had been reinstated to P3. So he did get his third place for the second race of the season. Fantastic, I think. I, I think it, it was well-deserved. Not that I've got anything against George. Uh, and George himself said, you know, Alonso had deserved it, but I was just lucky today to penalty, due to penalties. Well, unfortunately, he, he wasn't so lucky. And that did change hands again. Rome, what did you think? What did you make of the whole situation with the FIA taking these, you know, extended lengths of time to make these decisions and and kind of changing things after the podium celebrations 
I don't think it's fair. I mean, if you know that a decision is imminent, I don't see why you can't wait a few extra minutes to run the podium. Mm. But then in the same breath, you would have got George on the podium and then Fernando actually getting the P3 later. So yeah. I think it needs to be a streamlined process. I mean, this is two big discussion points about penalties in two race weekends. It, mm. it doesn't look good. And it, it's for the same reason. It's touching the car in the five-second penalty. But Aston Martin laid out, you know, clear points in the appeal, and I, and I think it was the right decision to overturn it. But it has jumped them up to P two in the standings as well, ahead of Mercedes. Mm. So it it's a big deal for the teams. It is a big deal to get these kind of results either taken away or appealed. It makes a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. Sophia, what 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 are your what's your take on the whole situation? Were you were you pleased pleased to see Fernando Alonso reinstated as P three? Do you think it was deserved? Hundred percent. I mean, the fact that they waited after thirty five laps as well—that's the biggest thing. It was like, mm. and how Aston Martin appealed as well. They gave ten instances of drivers doing the exact same where the jack was touching the car, and they didn't get a re penalty for it. I understand right. the Alcon situation, him getting a re penalty because it was the wheel gun on the tire, whereas the jack doesn't do as much compared to just lifting up the car it's more mm. if the wheel was touched like with the wheel jack for Alcon I understand him getting another penalty I don't understand how it is for the jack because it has no kind of benefit to the actual pit stop because you can even do potentially a pit stop without the jack being like fully in use which we've seen in a few cases throughout seasons of racing but yeah mm. 35 laps they should have known already like within the first couple laps if it was going to happen and i'm so happy Alonso got the podium back i mean his social media afterwards is absolutely hilarious but 100 podiums <laughs> as well like getting mm. on top of that is really cool with kimmy with seb with lewis with michael schumacher like big names and he is definitely deserving of it absolutely yeah and i, I was speaking to james allen earlier i like to do a name drop because uh, it's a good name to drop and i was discussing just the 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 possibility of this being Alonso's redemption year. Um, there's, there's been a few pantomime villains over the years within Formula One. Sebastian Vettel being one, obviously, after the multi-21 situation and, and kind of that sort of thing. You, you've got Fernando Alonso, obviously. And Michael Schumacher himself we went through a phase of being a bit of a pantomime villain. Obviously, anyone that dominates the sport for a, for a long period of time and then has kind of those situations where maybe they didn't act 100% up to their n nice nature. I'm putting that kind of kindly, I guess. But that, that turns a percentage of, you know, Formula One watchers and fans. And I think this year, I think he's finally in a car that hopefully can make him competitive throughout the season. And he's acting in a much more mature, as I say, I hate saying mature because, you know, dogged to me at the end of the day. But he, he's not being like petulant like he ha has previously been. He, he seems to be relaxed. He seems to be really in touch with the team. They've got quite a good relationship, I think. And I, if he doesn't win this year, which I, I think it'd be very, very difficult for him to win, I think even if he performs well and has some really good races and really good results, I think people will think highly of him again. The people that maybe didn't think highly of Alonso for, for several reasons, if they were you know Lewis Hamilton fans or whatever, I think he'll turn a lot of people to to kind of liking him. Yeah, and, and there'll be a, there'll be a section of uh, Formula One fans that will never like him. I, I understand that, but I think he'll I think he'll be a a bit redeemed this year so in in some sense. Do you do you think that could be the case, Sophia? Yeah, I think how he's come across from the start of the season, obviously taking over Seb's position and like obviously the kind of like the kickoff for that from a lot of fans, obviously with Seb retiring, had it been like he just lost the season, that would probably been an even worse situation for Alonso coming in. I think mm. how 
how he's portraying online. I think also his social media presence as well is doing more favors for him because he is now playing up to the fans, especially the younger fans and younger generation. Social media is becoming such a big thing now with these drivers and getting some of the fan base back on their side. I hope I can see him finishing quite high in the championship. I hope Aston Martin can stay in this progression. Obviously, it's a big season, 23 races. We've done two already. We got the sprints, more sprints coming in. We'll see how it goes with them. But I think they're in a better position than they have been in previous years. And I hope that's going to stay. I mean, Alonso's only staying for two years. That's his contract. It's only a two-year contract. So hopefully, if he does well this season, might even get another extension. I hope not to get more drivers in, like Felipe and other drivers. But at the moment, he's doing what his job is and is to secure points, secure podiums for Aston Martin, which is great for Stroll, for Lawrence Stroll. And I think he's just doing an excellent job so far. Absolutely, he is. Yeah, and let's hope it continues because... Let's be honest, it's probably what's making the season interesting at the moment. So it's always it's always good to have something to kind of enjoy. That, I kind of outlook on the Alonso situation from the weekend. Rowan, did you have anything to add to that, what we just mentioned? No, I mean, I think Alonso, I think he knows as much as anyone that he is in the later stage of his career. And you can't throw an opportunity away that he's been given. He can't be too over the top or too aggressive or, you know, he's he's come into a team where that second seat has been a little bit volatile but he's mm. stepping Seb's shoes and he has the car he just needs to calm himself down and do exactly what he's there to do and so far that's exactly what he's showed yeah okay well let's move on to a different subject then what other news has dropped this week while we've been digesting the, the, our thoughts from the weekend you got the full grid of f1 academy finally confirmed as of today so all 15 drivers mm. but information about like the race calendar how the structure is and how the points are okay scored for so let's talk about the f1 academy then just to explain to our fans what exactly that is so f1 academy there's five teams which are primarily they are f2 and f3 teams if you do follow f2 and f3 it is art grand prix campos racing mp motorsport Prema Racing and Rodin and Carling, which originally was called Carling, but this season they've kind of taken over a new name from sponsorships. There's seven races, well, sorry, seven rounds with three races each round. Most of them, actually all of them, are based in Europe, except for the last one, which is taking place at Coda, which also will go coincidentally with the F1 weekend as well. Some of the other times that they're going to be working together is like during the Monza World Endurance Formula Regional Championship Fraca in Barcelona. But yeah, I mean, looking at the grid, there's five W Series drivers that are coming back to race. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of regional F4 drivers or Formula Regional drivers, primarily Middle East and a few from Europe. I think it's a good opportunity. However, looking at the calendar, every single weekend besides Valencia coincides to an F1 race weekend. Wow, okay. That's what I'm afraid of is how the coverage is going to be because for one of them, we're in Baku the same weekend that they're in Spielberg, for example. How is that going to work with coverage on TV, especially when you also have F2 and F3 races going on at the same time for certain locations? It seems strange that they're not doing it because for for W Series, they put it on during the the F1 race weekend. You'd have thought that kind of exposure was, you know, something that they would have wanted with their own series that they've put forward. 
could be funding, could be gaps, because to be fair, they're racing in April, April, two in May, one in June, two in July, one in October. So and again, it's mostly Europe. So it could be also because of funding as well, because again, these five teams are also funding F2 and F3. So mm. obviously you get some backing from F1 supporting, but at the same time, you kind of be realistic with the cost of travelings and the events for it. Yeah, and maybe that was the downfall of W Series trying to trying to be too big too quickly and going along with with the F1 crew. We don't really know much more about W Series. Obviously, they, they were very keen to say that they were trying to uh, to, to to get a, a season ahead this year. Obviously, nothing has come from it, but no statements have been released to say that you know it's the absolute end of W Series, is it? I think it's done. I mean, looking at some of the staff and like who's moved over, looking at the teams, I think a lot, and obviously we're missing Jamie Chadwick, who's now racing in Indy Next, which is the mm-hmm. preliminary feeder series for IndyCar. A lot of other ones have gone to World Endurance. Some of them are going for some development teams. I, I think it's kind of over. And I feel like because WCS was not treated fairly with within F1, it was like kind of like an extra entity, but it wasn't like F2 or F3 or Frecker or like the regionals. It was kind of its own kind of separate company and was like treated differently. I think with F1B Academy under the F1 blanket will be a lot better. But again, I'm not too hopeful for this season in all honesty. I, I think how the structure of the races are, how low visibility it's been through social media, understanding what mm. this actually is it might change next month but at the moment i'm not i don't have as much high hopes as i would have when it was first announced how about you rowan what, what is your take on this obviously it's been announced we've been kind of told what it's going to be and now we're getting kind of the drips and uh, of kind of who, which drivers are going to be joining the, the, the series are you hopeful that it's going to be a good thing do you think it would be will be better than w series in the long run do you think it will survive longer than the w series will or did i think it's a tough one i think the whole concept of it is odd to say the least like we've mentioned the the race weekend coverage things like that i, I just don't see what happened with w series and, and why f1 felt the need to make something brand new and, and slap the name on it but not provide the funding to have them at, at multiple venues or even a couple and it, it is going to be really difficult with coverage but i think they have made a clear statement of intent, you know, slapping that F1 Academy right at the top. It does look like the ending of W Series, but W Series marketed themselves really well. You know, they had the, they built themselves up. And I think a takeover from F1 would have been a lot more successful than what they're doing now and starting something new. Yes, you've got the F2 and F3 names and they're big name teams. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But with the drivers going elsewhere and, yeah, new talents coming up, but where are they going to be seen if people are watching F1 races, they're not at the same tracks? I just feel like it's really going to go under the under the radar and it's it's probably going to disappear. When I mean, even, even the coverage on it we've had in news, everything's been so, so late and so yeah. last night. It, it just doesn't bode well. It really doesn't set itself up for a, a successful foundation that I think W Series did have. Mm. No, absolutely, and and the W series were were fantastic with what they did. They've got they got all the F one commentary team from Channel Four or or Sky Sports F one, you know, th- to kind of help with the the broadcasting of it. it. Again, 
this may be the case when when it comes to to the live races we we have no idea but are they going to need to do that sort of thing to to get people interested because people like these big names but are those big names going to be at, at, at a formula one race covering formula one it's, it's a confusing time to be a, 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 a woman trying to get into the sport with all these things that they're putting forward for you it, it just makes it more confusing if anything just let them race in f2 f3 and all the all the other normal feeder series and, and really kind of big up their names maybe maybe do more spotlights on, on the women that that might be a, a just a, a better way around all around rather than because what i fear is if they have two failed series I'm not saying it's definitely going to fail. I hope it doesn't fail. I hope it is successful. But if they have two failed series of women's series, like the unfortunate failure of, of W series, people are going to look down on female drivers or female orientated sports. And that's that's the wrong way to do it. Because I think, you know, many of those drivers in W series last year could and would and have, you know, competed against male counterparts and, and beaten them. So, Sophia. I mean, I 100% agree. And also, it doesn't state if you win F1 Academy, what happens. And I think they need to specify that because what we've had with W Series, obviously, with Jamie Chadwick winning the entire series for many years, no progression. And I think this is where I hope because we're bringing in these F2, F3 names and their knowledge, the skills, the development, I hope and it might be stipulated towards the end. We don't know because obviously coverage has been really lacking. Whoever wins gets an F3 seat or an F2, probably an F3 seat, will get an F3 seat for the following season. I think that's probably the best because they advertise it as a feeder series. It is F1 Academy to F3 to F2 to F1, but it doesn't specify if the person that wins Academy goes into F3. I'm hoping... F3 is also where a lot of rookies are. If you look at the grid this year, over half of them are rookies. A lot of them are fracker. A lot of them aren't even champions. You have some people who are Formula Regional champions. You have pod- top podium sitters in the development in the series that they've raced prior to F1 Academy. They need good development. And I'm hoping that that can help bring more females to the grid. Because if we only have one female, which is an F3 with, of Sabrina Flourish, and even then it's just been... You see her name, but then there's nothing kind of discussing about it. Mm. Yeah, it's all these things that they've brought in, you know, we race as one, we more than better than equal or more than equal. I can't remember what which one what which one that was. I have to be corrected on that one. More than equal. I was right. More than equal. It's yeah, because equal is not even equal to begin with. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. Yeah. Sorry, I was that's so, I'm so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that with 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 those things going on, you'd hope that in the not too distant future we would have a female driver in F1. You know, we, we'll be able to watch a female driver actually racing uh, as one of the, the the twenty drivers that we get to see on the track, if not twenty four twenty four drivers, hopefully in the future with the two potential new teams. But yeah, it's something that we absolutely need. It does scare me. I mean, I think if if F1 Academy was to fail as well it would put a lot of negative spin on it. And I, I think that would fully be at the hands of F1. You had mm. W Series that was established. It had a reputation. It was there to be saved. You've let that flounder. I mean, there was so many negative comments about that series after it ended. And now you've started something new. You've, you've put you know, the time and the effort into doing that. And if this ends up nowhere again, it's just it, it's making an uphill battle 
almost impossible. Yeah, absolutely agree. I'm going to agree. Sophie, you're going to say something again there as well. Like I said, I think they've already set it up to fail the fact that out of the seven rounds, five of them are coinciding with an F1 race that's not at that track at the mm. same time probably as well because the ones that they're going to are also European F1 races and some of them are also with F2 and F3. So when it's an F2 and F3 season or weekend already, that's most of the day gone already. So where is this meant to fit in? Because you're meant to have two 20-minute races on one day and then a, a 30-minute race on the second day, on the Saturday and Sunday. There's no time in the day for all of them to be shown. And there's no there's not enough channels. There's not enough coverage. I think it's just going to be a YouTube. And I hate the thought of that to be the case, but it seems more likely. Yeah, and at least W Series had Channel 4. W Series had, you know, some coverage on Sky Sports. Yeah, we're sounding all doom and gloom, but we're, uh, we are absolutely hopeful that it that it works. Uh, I think we're all we all want it to work, and we all want it to be a success. Absolutely, but unfortunately, we don't know that necessarily that they're handling it in the right way. I'm excited for these new drivers, though. We've spoken to some of them already as well from previous seasons when they were in W Series, like Bianca. Yeah off the top of my head because I was in the interview with her I think it's yeah. a, I think it's great that they're still having places to speak and like talk and be a part of teams but mm-hmm. it's exciting to see these new people as well like you got sisters in one team from Formula Regional dad's gonna be quite interesting if mm-hmm. <laughs> if there's gonna be some sibling rivalry <laughs> well let's hope it's an interesting series and, and let's hope the confusing race structure for the weekend doesn't put people off having three races at one weekend they di- they're going to differ the races or are they three races that are, that are the same so the one on sunday is 30 minute and then they're going to do two 20 minute races on the saturday and then the points on the saturday is first to eighth starting from 10 so sprint race almost style points and then 30 minute races full f1 but pole gets two points as well for That's the 30 minute race that's going to be interesting. They follow the F2 and F3 as well, because obviously they get points for qualifying. So I think that also might play into how close it's going to get towards the end of this, the end of the round sevens. Mm. Well, let, let's hope it works. They've clearly got a plan. They're not letting us know what the plan is yet. <laughs> not properly. But yeah, we'll, we'll find out in the coming weeks and months, I guess. Uh, anything else that we wanted to chat about today? I'll go to Rowan. Robin Frines is back for the first Sao Paulo E-Prix in Formula this weekend and in the week of Senna's birthday and the announcement of the new Netflix series. So that'll be an okay. exciting. Everyone loves a Senna, a Senna story, but the documentary film was a, a huge success when, when it was released. I can't remember the year, 2012, 13, I can't ask. It, it it was a while ago now, but I've watched it. I've watched it a few times myself. It's very emotional. It's a very good series. So I'm excited to see what what we're going to get for for six episodes worth. Any any kind of not seen before scenes, and I'm, I'm looking forward to that. When do we have a, a release date for that yet? No, no idea. Just, I think it's just just, just been announced. Just in, just been announced. So they announced the actor as well for it. Gabrielle Leon will play. Oh, so it's not a documentary. Sorry, it's a it's a it's a series. Yeah, it's a mini-series that will portray the story of adventure and triumph of the man who became a Brazilian national hero and conquered the world both on and off the F1 track. I mean, he looks very similar to Senna. It's mm. kind of creepy as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, absolutely looking forward to that then. Hopefully that'll be 
out soon. If they're if they're only making it now, they probably it probably won't be till the latter part of the se- season or maybe even next year or whatever. But we all like a bit of a bit of Formula One TV, Formula One films and that sort of thing. I'm sure it would be absolutely. Fun. And the the Freens news, brilliant. Can you tell us a bit more about it and what what that means? Yeah, so he he had quite a complex fracture in his left hand and wrist in the season opener when he uh, went into the back of someone. So he's been out for the past four rounds and the rookie Vandalind has been in. But he raced in the Sebring 1,000 miles last weekend and he's been cleared by the FAA this weekend. He had to do a simulator test, I believe, similar to what Stroll had to do to sort of qualify, to say, Mm. because... Bomber cars don't have power steering, so even though he did the LMP2 race, he's still got to prove that he's, he's fit and healthy to race in Bomberi, so he'll be back this weekend. Hopefully we can pick up some points for the team. Cooper are the only team to have no points on the board this season, so looking up from here, hopefully. What about any, anything else from Formula E? It's been, it's been a fairly quiet week. I mean, we've had four new tracks in the calendar. We've, we've been to three of them already. Hyderabad, and Cape Town were just crazy races. Sao mm. Paulo this weekend looks like a really, really good fast track, expecting a lot of overtakes into the hairpin and things like that. It's, it's definitely different to the other Formula V races. It, it does seem a lot more high speed. So, well, I just have to see. But it's it's <laughs> it's going to a new place where the calendar's not been before and it's, it's taken the series around the world even more. So it's got to be a positive. Is um, it in Interlagos or is it on the streets of San Paulo? It's on the streets. Ooh, okay. And you wrote a fantastic article, obviously having a rundown of, of the main co- competition this year in Formula E. Uh, yeah, so if I... anyone wants to kind of catch up, if they've missed a couple of the races, head over to obviously the website and you'll find Rowan's article giving the details of, of the battle that's currently going on between the two main protagonists of the season. Very uh, close season. Yeah, very close season for them. Okay, well, I'm not sure of any other news to talk about, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a clip of a James Allen interview right now. You can listen to that. Hopefully it'll whet your appetite for when we do release the full episode tomorrow. This is a little clip. It's James Allen talking about his time with Murray Walker, the legend. I learned a lot about life from Murray. Uh, I learned a lot about how to carry yourself, about how to deal with people. Murray had so many great um gifts one of which obviously he was an incredible communicator like one of the best you've ever met but he would always treat everybody the same so if he was meeting royalty or he was talking to the gearbox mechanic at jaguar he treated them exactly the same and very very few people do that um and he was loved by everybody as well i mean there's nothing that the mechanics love more than murray kind of wandering into the garage and going all right chaps what's going on you know and and he always had a really funny line for every sort of situation so I, and i find myself actually using some of the lines that he, he used to sort of say like um you know if someone does a good job or something you know it's halfway through the day or something he used to say oh brilliant excellent take the rest of the day off you know and <laughs> and, and, uh, um, and, uh, and then another one was walking he would walk into a a situation and one of his great sort of opening lines to walk into a situation just to sort of settle everybody down was say hello um, everything under control <laughs> uh, and again i find myself saying that in a lot of situations but but um another another one that he used to say was which i which i love was was um when something goes really well and you're doing a debrief and it's like that was great and this was great and yeah, I think, you know, that's a, that was a really, really good day's work or something. And Murray, it would be a pause and then Murray would say, I don't know how we do it for the money. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> it, it, that kind of puts puts you at ease, doesn't it? As well, when when yeah, exactly. Go, that was his gift. Wrong, he, you know? he put people at ease. It was just absolutely fantastic. And um, so, as I say, I, I learned a great deal about commentating from him, but I learned a lot about life uh, about life from him and uh, how to treat people. Okay, well, that's all we've got time to speak about today. Hopefully you have enjoyed this short but sweet little breakdown of the news and anything that's happened since our race review. And um, We'll be back next week again to talk about more news. Obviously, we would love it if you to make sure you're subscribing to the podcast because we've got that James Allen podcast being released again in one day's time. So make sure you do listen to that one. It's absolutely fantastic. It's just an hour of, of anecdotes and history from James Allen's career. So it's, it's, it's fantastic. And yeah, we, we, it'll just be a preview of the Australian Grand Prix next next Wednesday. Obviously, we've got another Grand Prix to look forward to and we'll be making our predictions for the weekend ahead uh, in Australia. So join us next week for the Australian preview. I've been James Tiller. Alongside me has been Sophia and Rowan. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're the Everything F1 podcast. We'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye.